Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. In just a moment, we're going to be joined by Parker Ainsworth. He is of the Midweek Midweek Midrange uh, Show, the NBA show, as well as the FN Sports Podcast and uh, part of the Belly Up Sports Network. He is rights for Belly Up Sports as well. We'll get to him in just a moment. Uh, talking about NBA playoffs, of course, that's that's getting ready to kick off here. We recorded that on Saturday. Um, so there might be a little bit more further news since we recorded that interview. Uh, but nonetheless, those start here this week. Uh, but before we get to that, first of all, I want to get to a couple of quick thoughts. First is the Tim Tebow signing in Jacksonville. My goodness. It's like the world exploded. Uh, Tim Tebow signs to be tryout as a tight end in Jacksonville underneath his college football coach in um coach urban meyer and uh you know it's just it's weird how crazy people get and there are certain players um in all sports that cause a reaction colin kaepernick obviously causes a reaction tim tebow for different reasons causes a reaction lebron um they're just there are people in different sports that do such a thing but this reaction that tebow is stealing a spot from somebody um who is he stealing a spot from an undrafted free agent? Okay, maybe, but why doesn't Tim Tebow deserve the opportunity to continue to chase his dreams? Uh, why is his dreams less important than that of the undrafted free agent? And your argument would be, well, he's already made money. He's already got a job. He's already got all this stuff. It doesn't matter. If he wants to play football, and if he's good enough to do so, then why shouldn't he be allowed to? You know, back, what, 10 years ago, everybody's saying, well, Tebow needs to be a tight end, not a quarterback. Well, now he's going to be a tight end, and everybody's saying he shouldn't be allowed to be a tight end. And it's it's just this reaction, and it has nothing to do with a 33-year-old, former quarterback, former minor league baseball player wanting to try being a tight end in the NFL. It's Tim Tebow. If it wasn't Tim Tebow, nobody would care. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't Tim Tebow, it's possible people would think this is a great story. But because it's Tim Tebow, people have to hate on him. And listen, I grew up, not necessarily grew up, but I in his college days, I didn't support Tim Tebow, even though we share some Christian values. Um, he went to Florida. I said, how Christian can you be if you went to Florida? Um, Tim Tebow went to Florida. I was not a fan. 
He came into the NFL. I thought it would be a good story, but I never thought he was going to be this great quarterback in the NFL. I thought he should have been a tight end as well. Now he goes to Jacksonville. If he makes the roster, he'll play tight end. They'll throw him in some gadget plays. He'll probably run the ball some, kind of like Taysom Hill does in New Orleans. And I think he's a good addition to the locker room. You're not going to, when you put good people in the locker room, that's going to help you. And now if all you have is good people and not good players, that's a problem. But if he can play the position as a number two or a number three tight end, um, if he can run the ball some, throw a few gadget plays in there for him as well, I don't see what the harm is. I understand if I was the undrafted free agent that, that missed out on an opportunity, sure, I'd be upset. But it's not Tim Debo's fault. As a matter of fact, you want to blame someone, blame Urban Meyer. You can't blame someone for wanting to go play, fulfill their dreams, and be a, a legit NFL player. And if Tim Tebow has the ability to do so, he will do it. And if you're going to bet against somebody, I wouldn't bet against Tim Tebow. Even in his in his atrocious quarterback play, he still won a playoff game. That's more than some quarterbacks can say. But Tim Tebow, back in the NFL, if for nothing else, it gives us something to talk about. And I mentioned this on Sunday morning on the bottom line with Brad Taylor uh, on ESPN Radio Lexington. Uh, he let me come on his show to talk for a little bit. And, and you know, he said, well, how many wins does Tim Tebow add to Jacksonville? And he said it snarkily and, and uh, sarcastically. But I said, you know what? Honestly, I think this helps Jacksonville in this way. There has been very little pressure, very little spotlight put on Trevor Lawrence. He was drafted number one overall, yet no one talked about that because they were too busy talking about Zach Wilson at number two or talking about Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, the next grouping of quarterbacks. Really, Trevor Lawrence has gone, with the one exception of people questioning his love for the game, he's gone under the radar and has a number one pick and a quarterback. That is strange. Then he gets drafted, and, and within a week of him being drafted, the news comes out that Tebow is going to come to Jacksonville, and now all the attention goes to that. So Trevor Lawrence, as a number one overall draft pick and at the position of quarterback, is going to have far less attention, spotlight, um, pressure on him than maybe any number one overall player, especially at the quarterback position. And I think because of that, the transition to the NFL might become easier for Trevor Lawrence because of the distraction of Tim Tebow. There's potential this actually helps Jacksonville, even if Tebow never plays a snap uh, there at all. Something else that came up recently in the news, the Oakland A's are apparently on the move. They've been trying to work out a deal for years now in Oakland, and the uh, Major League Baseball said it's not going to happen the way it's been presented at the moment. So they've asked them to start looking for new places to play. Can they still get a deal done to stay in Oakland? Sure. Is it likely that they do? I'm guessing not. A team that could be moving, maybe staying in California, maybe moving out altogether. Places like Vegas are interested in baseball. Or maybe even you have to do some realignment. But Nashville has been talking about a Major League Baseball team for some time now. And they used to have the AAA affiliate in Nashville. Now it's with Milwaukee, but uh, there's some ties there to the city uh, as well. So maybe Nashville gets a baseball team. My guess is it stays out west, either in San Francisco or um, somewhere else in that Bay Area. And, of course, I don't think you'd have two teams in San Francisco, I guess, but somewhere out there in California still or making a move into a neighboring state to some degree as well. Today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast is proudly presented by Skull Candy. Skull Candy is helping you discover life at full volume 
with headphones, earbuds, speakers, and more. Skullcandy is your one-stop shop for new music, culture, and audio built to help you stay loud. Go to the podcast notes, click on the link for Skullcandy, and get yourself a new set of earbuds, headphones, or speakers, whatever else you'd like. If you use the link in our podcast notes, they will know that we sent you. That will help uh, our podcast out, and we would surely appreciate that. Now, let's talk some NBA playoffs with Parker Ainsworth. Joining us now is the host of the Midweek Midweek Midrange, which you can find Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. on uh, YouTube and Twitter. Um, Of course, it's airing the same time as Belly Up Fantasy Live Baseball, which I'm on. So you have to go back and watch the Midweek Midrange some other time. But uh, it's also also the co-host of the FN Sports Podcast and a writer for Belly Up Sports, uh, Parker Ainsworth, back with us to talk NBA playoffs. Parker, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I didn't mean to uh, cross-contaminate the 9 o'clock slot there. It's yeah. <laughs> the middle of the week. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, the other thing is, is you uh, you promote Yeti coolers. Uh, we promote blue coolers, which is uh, oh, well, then complete I won't competition. Show mine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to show mine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Parker, it's good to have you back. You know, I want to start off. The NBA playoffs are approaching. We're recording this on Saturday afternoon, so there's still many teams that have two games left. So the the standings and stuff like that's not completely set yet. Uh, the seedings that is uh, completely set yet. But we're going to talk about the the playoffs in a second. I want to start with the NBA as a whole. So. I am part of the demographic that the NBA is starting to lose, uh, middle-aged, white, conservative. Um, but I was looking, and the NBA ratings, according to The Athletic, down 10% from last year's number. Um, that was a month ago, at least, that they reported that. Uh, what is the main cause, do you think, of the ratings dropping? Is it all just you know different different platforms or is there something else to it uh, I'll I'll give you my reasons in a second but uh, I want to get your thoughts on the NBA as a whole how they're doing with getting new viewers keeping viewers things like that Yeah well and I think the interesting thing is about pulling the numbers from a month ago is a little over a month ago is when the whole thing shut down so like as far as like year to year comparisons like it'd be impossible to compare a 2 o'clock game in August to like cuz that would have been like the bubble stuff yeah. um, and so I guess a month ago is probably as, as good as we can get from a year to year comparison um, the, the number drop to me is interesting because it's, I see it as a combination of things. Um, some things are within their control. Some things are not right. Um, for example, LeBron James missing 20 something <laughs> games with an ankle. Like he draws a lot of viewers. There was also yeah. this conversation of when he went from the Eastern time zone to the Western time zone, like how many people are going to stay up to watch the Lakers. Right. Um, I, the Steph Curry thing, like it, the and the Warriors, he missed a handful of games, and they're also not very good. And so, like all those fans you gained of the Warriors in the last five or six years, it's like are going to watch this team lose a lot. Um, and then it continues to be like Joel Embiid, the Sixers go up, and then he gets hurt, or the Nets, their trio of guys, they all got hurt at some point, or or Kyrie won on his his outside <laughs> basketball things. Like, but but the guys are missing games, right? And so yeah. that obviously hurts a lot. Um, there's been this big push in coaching and playing basketball about focusing on the playoffs. Um, I, that's been more like a 10 or 12 year thing. I, I love pop, but pop's like the first guy I remember that just straight up didn't take his big three on a road trip, like 10 years ago. It feels like, right. Yeah. Um, and like got fined for it. And he was like, but I wasn't going to play him. <laughs> but, um, the, I think the deal there is that like, if the players and coaches are not buying the regular season, fans are continuing to not buy the regular season. And then I, I also think that there's this aspect of like, 
we're watching things in clips and watching things in streams and watching things after they happen. And, uh, and, and I mean, just look at the way that regular TV numbers are compared to like Netflix numbers, Hulu numbers, whatever, right? Like people would rather self-select and stream when they watch things. And that hurts a TNT broadcast, right? Like they just bluntly, like sports are kind of the last vestige of live television for a lot of people. And it's also falling by the wayside. Um, I I know that there's other aspects out there. Those are some of the biggest things I see because. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Anyway, those are some of the biggest things I see for a handful of reasons. Um, I'm sure that there's like other things you dive into as a member of the Democrat. Like, so I'm 30. And so I'm like at that like millennial edge where like they're <laughs> where we're, we're can keep up with the youngins a little bit and follow wherever they, if they post on TikTok and those kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, um, and so I'd be interested to hear what you have to say, because you're like you said, in the demographic that's feeling left out or not feeling left out, but is statistically being left out, I should say. Yeah, it's weird. I've transitioned uh, more into baseball this year than I have in the past. I've watched more baseball already this season than I've maybe watched in my whole life. Um, which is, so I guess I'm getting really old, but uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, if you, if you know me personally would assume I stopped watching or cut back my watch in the NBA because of the politics of it, because I'm on the other side of that. But for me, I don't think it's that because I still watch football and football was kind of led the way to some degree in, in, in this, but uh, I'm sure it plays a role somehow subconsciously, but, to me, it's the style of play. It's just not fun to watch anymore. Um, I'm not, you know, watching James Harden doesn't doesn't excite me. I, I, I don't enjoy that. I like the old, what uh, Pop was doing in San Antonio, the ball movement, what the, the Warriors did in the, the early days of Steve Kerr, that constantly doing something special and exciting. Uh, but you mentioned a great point about the guys missing playing time because Ryan Rossillo brought up on his one of his most recent podcasts, and he listed all, and I didn't write them down, but all the numbers, you know, LeBron missing 27, Anthony Davis missing a bunch, uh, Steph Curry missing games. The the Nets, the three of them haven't played together for more than, I think, seven games, something like that at this yeah. point. So that definitely plays a big role. And playoffs in any sport is better than regular season. I mean, hockey playoffs are about to start. It's maybe the best playoff sport there is. Basketball, the playoffs that gets more intense, more exciting. And things like that as well. So I, I, to me, it's the style of play. But a lot of that might come into what you talked about, too, the mindset of the shifting, the understanding. All we've got to do is make the playoffs. And we don't, we don't have yeah. to have the one seed. We don't have to have home court, although that might come back more in now that the fans are coming back. But um, that that desire for being the one seed isn't as important or as crucial as it once was um, before as well. So that definitely could play into it. Um Let's get to, to less serious topics to the uh, <laughs> uh, the NBA playoffs. Play on games. They did this last year in the bubble. I thought it was good. Last year they did it to get Zion in the playoffs. This year Zion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still not there. Um, the playoff, we've got, uh, f- uh, as of this recording, the four play-in 
teams are set in the East, the seeding can still change. And three of the four are set in the Western Conference. They're trying to – Portland and L.A. are the last two teams there. Um, do you like the play-in setup? Do you like how it's how they put it together? Because um, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on that. <laughs> yeah, and, and bluntly put, when they talked about this post-bubble, pre-regular season, I was like, this is going to be gimmicky. <laughs> and I've, 100%, I've done the full 180. I'm on the bandwagon. Because – I think what's fascinating is the impact, the idea of being a 10 seed. I assumed incorrectly, I think, back in December that there's no value in being a 10 seed. Like, I don't mm. like getting to play one extra game, potentially maybe two, and then go get swept in the first round is not incentive enough, I didn't think, to not tank for a number one overall pick when a generational guy comes around, right? right. Whether that's a Zion, whether that's a Luca, whether I guess he was a fifth pick, but like what, what are, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah. the idea to tank for that to me outweighed the idea of like getting a few playoff games and clearly owners, coaches, and I disagree because <laughs> they're all very much like the Chicago Bulls, I think are a great example of a team that missed the play in, right? I think they're statistically out of the play in at the yeah. 11th seed in the East and very much could have folded it in in February right? Because they were flirt with that, you know, 9, 10, 11. They weren't going to get up to 4, 5, 6. Um, and instead, they traded assets to go get Nikola Vucevic, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that was a movement they made to tuck themselves into the play-in or to try to get into the play-in. Whereas I would have said, trade for picks and go back and get this Cade Cunningham kid at Oklahoma State. <laughs> like, I, I could have seen that being more valuable and they went the other way on it. So it's impacted that differently than I saw. Um, I also think what's fascinating is it's like, because of this season and the injuries and those kinds of things, it's going to give us potentially, assuming that the Blazers and Lakers don't flip flop here, Steph versus LeBron for a shot to make the playoff. Like, yeah. like who could have come up with better one game scenario TV? Like that could be legacy defining if you're the if you're in that type of you know goat discussions. Like, well, mm-hmm. is LeBron really the best player of the 2010s if Steph knocked him out again? Or it could be like. Steph Curry can't get his team into the playoffs as when he's on his own. When he, whereas if he had Durant, like those kinds of conversations are going to come out of that weekend regardless. Um, and then on the East, and I've talked too much, but on the East, you have the, the Washington Wizards. We've watched another triple double season and a great season of Russell Westbrook that in a traditional playoff setting would kind of feel for nothing. But because of the tendency, it's like, well, they just have to win two games in a weekend, and that means they're a playoff seed, right? Like the, that effort is not lost on being just the tenth best team, and so. I think it's worked out dramatically better than I would have said. Again, some because of the seating in the West and the injuries, and some because teams didn't respond to it or react to it in the way I thought they would. And so I, I think it's a really good idea, Silverhead. I'll be interested to see if if we jump to back to an 82-game season next year, if they keep it again, and how if they change it or don't change it, or whatever they do. Um, it was pitched as this idea for a 72-game season this year uh, and some way to make up that ground, but I mean, I think I think it's going to turn out really well. You look in the East, Boston's going to be in the play-in game. So that's going to get some ratings just because it's Boston. The other three teams, Charlotte, Indiana, Washington, yeah, they're not going to draw a ton. But, you know, you talk about Russell Wilson, he can beat the Pacers. He can beat Charlotte. <laughs> so there's a good chance you'll see uh, Boston and Washington playing in for, for the that eight seed. Um, or the I guess it'd be... Well, no, so, Boston will probably win the first one, won't it? If, if Boston beats Charlotte, and again, like, say LaMilla Ball has his, like, coming out party <laughs> yeah. in that game, and they don't. But say Boston beats Charlotte, then you've got Russell Westbrook versus LaMelo Ball to get into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. That potential LaMelo Ball moment has two chances of happening, whereas if they just played a series and got 
swept or five pieced by the Sixers or Nets, that moment doesn't happen, right? right. And and so that, that's what we're going to chance here with a young guy like that. Also, the Celtics could really pull this off as like a like moral victory because they were in the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years, like just three years ago. And this is a, I mean, I know Jalen Brown's hurt now, or whatever, and so like this even like more pessimistic, but like. <laughs> this is a failure of a year for that. And we'll get more like more, but like this team was young, growing mm-hmm. and getting better in the Eastern conference finals, just, you know, three years ago at this point and was frankly very close to knocking off LeBron. And now it's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you that then. Um, is it, is it Danny Ainge's fault that this is happening? Is it Brad Stevens's fault? Is it the locker room fault? Who, who's at fault for Boston's season? I mean, I know you got the injuries, but everybody gets injuries. Um, well, in this season, especially, right? Like yeah. we talked about Brooklyn, we talked about Philly, and those were the top. Um, the Miami they had their own COVID thing, and Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler got COVID. And so, and they're at the fifth seed, right? Um, right. I, I look at Boston, I think it's just, it's time to mix it up. Like, uh, I don't know. And the shame is that I don't think it's because Brad Stevens is a bad coach. I think he's been the voice there for eight years. And it's clearly like, we've heard that spiel. Like we, we, like these, we've heard that whatever going on in the locker room, they need some new voice. The same way you saw like a new voice in Nate McMillan turn around the Hawks in the middle of the season this year, right? Like the personnel did not change. Uh, if anything, they lost Rondo and a, a change of voice can help a lot. Um, and so this like Brad Stevens may be kicking himself by not taking that Indiana Hoosiers job because that that may be coming his way. Um, I think if you look at what Danny Ainge did and what's interesting now is you think about the Thunder and Rockets and gathering all these assets. What Danny Ainge did was he kept gathering assets while also having a competitive team. And like at some point that clearly it didn't click. Like you needed to transfer those assets into a win now move. Yeah. And they continued to gather assets while having these two young stars. And I don't, I don't know if that, I don't know if that means they dump the assets for a big star, but like they should have traded Jalen Brown at a bunch of picks for Anthony Davis. And they should have just taken it like the same way the Raptors took the gamble on Kawhi. Um, they, they didn't take that gamble, right? The Raptors said, take to Rosen. Fine. We'll go, we'll go win it all this year. Worked out great. The Celtics didn't make that move. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, that's just one that comes off the top of my head because we've seen Anthony Davis play very well in the playoffs, but there was just times where they were trying to do this two-edged sword thing and it didn't really work yeah you know boston i think they failed to get a a solid big guy um you know that's where they were seemed to be the weakest but eventually they're gonna have to either give up on kimba they're gonna have to let go of marcus smart they're gonna have to do something to switch it up a little bit and maybe it is the coach i'm hoping as a kentucky fan that (laughs) stevens waits till cal retires and then maybe he'll come to kentucky but nonetheless uh let's stay in the east uh the new york knicks they're sitting at the sixth seed um, a phenomenal season, but everybody's saying no chance. Doesn't matter right now. They're lined up to play <laughs> Milwaukee. Everybody's like, oh, you know, it's a it's a moral victory for the Knicks. They make the playoffs. Uh, golf applause for them. Now they can can go away in four games. Um, what I mean <laughs> to me, the Knicks are one of the most incredible stories. If it wasn't, I mean, you know, Tibbs coach of the year possible. There's a couple good good candidates this year. You're talking about Phoenix and uh, Utah as well, but. Uh, I mean, the Knicks, what are they in the playoffs? Are they a legit contender to get through the first round? Um, or are they what everybody says they are and they're done now? I think the issue I see with the Knicks will be about playoff experience. It'll be like Tibbs has the most playoff experience of anyone on their bench, right? Between coaches and players. Um, I, I'm a, so I'm in the DFW right now. I'm a big Julius Randle guy, um, local kid doing great things and probably the runaway most improved player of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know if Tibbs can get coached there as a six seed. When they were flirting with that four seed, it certainly seemed like it was a lock. And now that they dropped it, might go out west. Um, the issue I see with them is I don't – and I, I'm also not a paid professional basketball coach. I don't <laughs> see how they elevate what they do. Because what they do right now is they play hard every night, they play great defense, and they score enough. And, like, I don't know schematically how you improve on that to, like, kick into their gear. Whereas Milwaukee has done this classic – coast 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 and i anticipate them doing that in the first round um bud's criticism as a coach when he was in milwaukee or when he's atlanta before is like not having the x's and o's change enough and like he doesn't make the mid-series adjustment but like the energy i think will start this series in a different way hi i'm maria and i'm mike and we're team Team Ready. ready black hills energy knows your home is where your heart is so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I will say, if they upset the Bucks in the first round, they probably get rid of Bud, right? That like oh, something yeah. because it's been too long. You got the back to back MVP. You got this great roster. We just went all in on this, right? Mm. The other fun thing that comes out of that is their second round opponent. If the rest of it goes chalk, would be the Brooklyn Nets. You know the Battle of New York in the second round. Uh, and if man, if they win one game in Madison Square in the second <laughs> round, <laughs> that is victory of the decade. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd like to see that kind of stuff. Not, I mean, I, I like I like Coach Bud, so I don't want to see him lose his job. But I'd like yeah. to see that happen because I think Nits, Knicks Nets in the second round would be fun. But I I just don't know what they get better at in at the end of the month. Like how how are they going to get better between now and the end of the month? When I can see Milwaukee, I can see Brooklyn, I can see Philly, I can see those teams picking it up, and I just don't know if I can see that out of New York. Where does Julius Randle, where should he end in the MVP voting? He's not going to win MVP, obviously, right. um, but I think his name should be mentioned at the very least. Uh, where do you think he ranks in the MVP conversation? Yeah, I think what's interesting about him, and just because if we're looking at the East, like Philly, you kind of have two guys, right? Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, you obviously have three. Milwaukee's Giannis. Right. And then like he's one of these only guys on this side of the side of the country that is kind of a one man show. And I don't mean to say RJ Barrett's not good or say that Nerlens Well didn't have a good year, but he is the all star on a team in the biggest city in America. Right. Like like he is the face of all of that success as far as guys on the floor go. And so I could definitely see him getting votes. I don't know if I see him getting past fourth or fifth in the voting, but playing in New York helps being the only guy on his team helps. Um, and frankly, this is a personality contest and he's a great guy. Like, like yeah. at the end of the day, like, and maybe it's because I'm a Rockets guy. I remember people not voting because they don't like James. Right. But like <laughs> being likable helps just ask Steph Curry. <laughs> like he's a yeah. great guy and people like him, you know, like that helps a lot. All right. So speaking of not likable people, let's go to the <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I'm, I am so anti everything in Philadelphia right now. And I don't know why. I don't know why I hate Embiid. I think it's because he's from Kansas. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, <laughs> I think Ben Simmons, I watched him just do nothing in college in his one year. And I always thought he was lazy. And anyways, he's more, he's not as lazy as I am, but it's still, uh, um, <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah. We're, sitting, we're sitting here talking <laughs> basketball, so I'm like, easily. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Philadelphia's the one seed. Um, Doc Rivers, the coach this year, so that gives them something extra. Uh, I don't have any confidence that Philadelphia can run can run the table here and get to the finals. They've been one of the top teams in the East now for a couple of years. 
what are your thoughts on Philadelphia? Are they legit? Can they beat Brooklyn? Can they beat Milwaukee? Uh, can they beat Charlotte? No. Uh, where, where does Philadelphia at? Um, I think they will have if so. Heat Hawks in the four or five. I see being very close. Yeah. Um, I think the way they match up is interesting because. Trey Young and the hero Goron air aspect that's interesting, but Bam probably shades them on the bigger side on the big guy side, but John Collins didn't bat, right? Like those kind of things are all interesting. Um, if the Heat win that series, I see Philadelphia having a lot of trouble with Miami. If the Hawks win that series, that's a big win for Atlanta. And I see this big like deflating, like that's the win. They're the young team winning the first round, right? And so that could really shape a lot of Philadelphia's future. Um, just it's not something they have anything to do with. They can't control who wins that series. And like I said, it's shaping a lot of their future just because Bam is kind of built to stop an Embiid, right? Jimmy Butler is shown before he's in a guy like a Ben Simmons head, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler also, uh, the coach is different, but he knows a lot of those personalities from his time there, just 18 months ago, whatever it was, right? Like he, I think, gives them an edge there on the wing, um, we're waiting for the, you know, Tyler Hero had whatever bajillion points in the Eastern Conference Finals game. Uh, and you're a Kentucky guy, so you know all these guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, Kentucky South, but uh, what I, further South, but what I will say is that, like, I think that's a tough matchup for Philadelphia, and that's not even getting to Eastern Conference Finals, right? No. Um, that's not even getting to playing Milwaukee or Brooklyn. That's not, like, they play better defense than Brooklyn, sure, but I don't know how they cover all three of those guys and the rim for the lob and those kind of, like Philly. I think is in trouble. I don't think I'm at the point though where like that means they need to fold it in. Like they still have two 25 year old all stars. They still have uh, it's Coach Rivers' first year, right? Like Doc, it, Doc has shown he can get a team like to the next level, and so like give him a year, or two, another year or two to get used to it. Like I, I like their moves thus far i just think that the truth is the second round is them getting better and so if they get to the second round that's that's better than they were a year ago right yeah um the let's move to the west real quick uh the play-in game you already mentioned the chance of uh lebron and steph honestly dame and steph would be a pretty awesome play-in game too um so either way i think the nba wins on that seven eight matchup in the play-in game um san antonio they they're not getting talked about a ton, but they kind of reshaped small ball at this year. In a, in a, I mean, I didn't have them going to the playoffs at the beginning of the season. I'd had them, you know, fighting for maybe the number one pick overall going into the year. They've had an incredible year for the talent that's on their roster. Um, you know, I don't think they have a shot when it comes to the playoffs, like going going past anywhere in the playoffs but uh it's an interesting team as well let's go to the top of the west though utah and phoenix uh i grew up a phoenix suns fan kevin johnson dan marley um that was my team i you know i've been to i think six uh, nba games in my life all of them have been phoenix games um this team right now chris paul leading the way devin booker playing up to his potential uh ayton playing well for the most part. They've got a great group of guys and I think one of the better coaches in the NBA. Um, you know, the one thing you look at though with the Phoenix is Chris Paul. And the one thing Chris Paul hasn't been able to do is, is get to that championship. Um, is Phoenix better than Utah is my first question. Then my second question, which one of those top two teams have a chance to get to the, the finals? I like Phoenix more than Utah. Um, I, 
so at like the beginning of the season, I was higher on Phoenix than Utah, and I was high on Phoenix, and I did not have either one being a top two team in the West. Like, I, so like I've been pleasantly surprised by how good. But I, I like what Phoenix and has done because I look at when Chris Paul got to the Western Conference Finals and was his hamstring away, right? Like that's mm-hmm. oh, Chris Paul was so <laughs> close, right? Um, he had himself a point, a tremendous scoring two guard a bunch of three and D wings at three, four spots and a rim rolling center that played defense. Like your job is to run to the rim for lobs and play defense. And right now he's got himself. He's got Devin Booker at the two guard. He's got the bridges kid. He's got Jay Crowder, a bunch of three, four wings at three and D wings. Um, and then he's got Giandre Ayton who plays defense. And like it's a good setup for him, right? It, it works well. And I didn't know that I was going to take them to number two seed in the West. Good. But I, I think that that's strong. Um, now that's not to say that, Devin Booker's year, he's still so young, right? He's not right. the MVP James Harden that they went to Western Conference with in, in Houston. But that is a good formula for him, right? Um, and I think that they're more versatile in their lineups between they can run out Sark and go small because he can shoot the three ball, right? They can do those kind of things that make them multidimensional. Whereas Utah, they're shooting the ball better this year than they have uh, in the past. And Bogey's back, Ingles is back, Clarkson's doing well off the bench, um, so they're okay. Mitchell, they say, is back by the playoffs, so or, so I hope he's 100% by the second round, right, if he's back for the playoffs, and I don't know that they have a whole lot of trouble in the first round. Um, I I think that that all plays in their favor. It's just, like, potentially in the one-four matchup, if, if, you know, chalk goes like it is right now, that's Clippers, right? And the Clippers right. are also looking to get out of the second round, right? Like there's a real chance this whole Kawhi thing sounds like a failure if they don't. And so that that's a different motivation there in LA. Um, is it time for Luka Magic? Right. I, I think we hadn't gotten further down yet. But we'll get to four or five in a second. That could be a lot of fun. Um, I, I see Phoenix being more successful, but I think the issue here that plays out is Lakers in the seventh seed, right? We mentioned this about LeBron, Steph, and those kind of things earlier. If the Lakers had been healthy all season, I don't think it's this giant stretch to say that they would be at the other end of this playoff special, right? They'd yeah. be at the top. <laughs> it is the worst prize ever to come in first or second in the Western Conference after this grueling year. You bought through all the injuries, da da da. And then a fully healthy Lakers team gets a weekend to warm up before you play, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's just, that's not fair. Uh, and so, like, if Steph gets the better of LeBron and mm-hmm. gets the seven seed, and LeBron gets the eight seed, right? Like, I don't, I don't know that I can pick Utah over a fully healthy Lakers team, right? Yep. I would have trouble picking Phoenix over. And I, I like I said, I favor Phoenix over the two. And I would have trouble picking Phoenix over a fully healthy Lakers team. That's just a weird thing that's happening this year. It's also the case, though, that like if they're not really 100%, right? If like LeBron and AD are not really 100% or the calf that looks almost like an Achilles and is really scary with AD is worse than we think it is, it's not, they're clearly not very good without those two. Um, but man, like, it's never happened. Like the Clutch City Rockets in 95 were the 60. That's the only 60 to ever win at all. I keep going back. I, I'm trying not to go back, I promise, but I keep going back to Houston. Um, but they also, so that six seed added Clyde Drexler at the, at the trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a Hall of Famer coming at the at trade deadline. So like they were a six seed, but the first 60 games is like not really the same as the last 20 games. Um, the idea that Lakers would have to take out of Phoenix or a Utah, and then the second round take out a potential MVP in Jokic, and then like like those like that seems like an upward climb, but I don't think anyone would have pe- picked against them if they hadn't been hurt all year, right? Right. Um, right. So I would pick Phoenix to go farther as a, a long winded way to get to the answer to your question. I would pick Phoenix to go farther, except 
one of them's going to have to play the Lakers in potentially yep. the first round, and that's not fair. <laughs> that's right. just not, not not very nice. And Utah might be better a better matchup uh, as far as chance wise against LA just because they got Gobert to guard Davis. Whereas Phoenix really doesn't have anybody to guard Davis. Although Phoenix, in my opinion, is better set up to guard LeBron than they are Davis. Yeah. Um, either way, LeBron's LeBron and, and it is, you know, it is what it is for sure. Going into the season, everybody said it's Brooklyn and the Lakers. Uh, lots happened since then. Health has been a big issue for both of those teams. Um, how many teams have a legitimate chance to win the NBA championship? You know, I, I've been writing, writing, not writing, writing this idea of Milwaukee for a while. Um, I know we just talked about them and the Knicks and the Knicks upsetting going second round. And that's fun. Um, I, I think that what they did for the first 20 or 30 games of the season is going to really benefit them in the playoffs. And they rolled out a bunch of different type of lineups. Um, Drew Holiday was in that lineup some with health stuff, but they, you know, they ran Yas at the five, they ran Yas at the three. They tried playing level on pick and roll. They play, tried playing some drop. They ran some sideline pistol action. Like they changed up what they were doing a lot throughout the season and experiment in a way that they hadn't done the previous two years, right? The previous two years, they were racing through getting the one seed, racing through getting the one seed. And I think that's going to come back and help them. I also think that being able to run out lineups where you have Giannis, Tucker, uh, Bloods, or sorry, Holiday, uh, then they got DiVincenzo, right? Like they've got all these pieces that can like, they'll turn on play defense and then they can still go five out on offense. Um, if they were to play Philadelphia, they have, they can throw in big Lopez at Joel Embiid. And, you know, even if he just gets his six because he's a little bit slower than Embiid is off the bounce. Like that's, that's something, right? Um, they, they seem more versatile, I guess, after yeah. watching them on the year than they have been in years past. And maybe it's because I, I, I like Giannis. I, I'd like to see it work out for him. Um, I also think that unlike, like there are big offensive glaring holes in Philadelphia. There are big defensive glaring holes in Brooklyn. I know Miami just did this thing through the Eastern Conference as a five seed a year ago, but I see Milwaukee as having the smallest holes on that side, and they don't have the uphill climb the Lakers have, right? They don't, they don't, they don't have those kind of things on the other side. And so I, I'm liking Milwaukee. Um, now, if they get upset in the Knicks in the first round, then I look like an idiot. But I, 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 li- I like it. I like what they've got going on, uh, and it feels like a different Milwaukee team than the last two years where they've flamed out early. Um. The so I was down on Dallas coming into the season. I said that they were going to be in the lower in the play in game, uh, play in. Uh, that's what I thought they would end up in. They came second half of the season, uh, came a long, long ways and, and looked good. Um, you know, I'm looking at the these teams, Denver without Murray. That's just a big piece that's gone. That hurts them. They're still good without Murray. Um, but to me, those LA teams, Clippers and the Lakers, both, if they, if they just start clicking all of a sudden, <laughs> they're healthy. Yeah. Things start coming around. They're dangerous. I love Phoenix. Would love to see them. I, I have not liked Chris Paul for a very long time, but, uh, I have, I'm coming around on him. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because he's in Phoenix. I don't know. But, uh, ever since the, the whole Lakers, New Orleans debacle, um, trade debacle <laughs> for whatever reason. Anyways. Saying all this to say, I think Phoenix and Utah have an outside shot. Uh, to me, though, it seems like one of the L.A. teams, more than likely the Lakers, if they're healthy, um, especially A.D., because uh, I think LeBron can play through some of it. A.D., is he's had a little bit more issues. But 
it's going to be interesting to see where it all goes. Is there a long shot team, though? Last year, going into the bubble, um, about a week before the playoffs, uh, I was all in on Portland. Uh, they had, they just had that nucleus of guys that said, man, that could, if that clicks for six games, you know, that's, they can go nuts scoring wise. Um, I'm not necessarily in on them this year as, as that goes, but are there any long shot teams outside of your, uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the LA teams is who has the best shot of making a run that surprises? It's kind of like Miami did last year. Yeah, I think the shame is is that the way that the Western Conference shook out. So if Miami did it, it doesn't feel like a surprise anymore. I think first, and like Miami right. has the talent, we've seen it. But like if they were to go from the fifth to the finals again, we're like, oh yeah, they just they just did that, you know, eight months ago. Um, if so, I would pick them. But that doesn't feel like a surprise in the West. The teams that feel like the surprise are the teams at the top of the conference. Like if if right. Denver were to do that, it's like, but that's really a three seed. Is that really? Are we really surprised? But like. They're a three seed. They lost Jamal Murray. Their best player is this big chunky guy that's not very athletic. Like, 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 mm. like I, I, does that feel the same way, right? Or if Phoenix were to do it, they're the two seed. Mm-hmm. But like, does Chris Paul and a bunch of young guys? Is that like Chris Paul and a bunch of young guys making it feel like a surprise? Yeah, the two seed does not feel like a surprise, and so that really <laughs> kind of changes the math on what like a surprising outcome would be. Um, I will say. And my co-host Shaka knows I'm not the biggest Rudy Gobert guy. <laughs> if Utah can make it with Rudy Gobert being on the floor a lot, um, I think that's a surprise. And I don't mean that to say like what he does is not extremely valuable. Um, I think the the issue he runs into is he has trouble playing level on the pick and roll. And by that, I mean like when you have like a one four pick and roll, Anthony Davis is popping. He's got to come up and play on the perimeter and either stay in front of the guard, right? The LeBron type, or he's got to then pop out and then cover the Anthony Davis also out on the perimeter. And he has, he just has so much trouble out there. Like the, the way that he's been beating the playoffs before is teams go small and they just say, we're going to shoot threes and you shoot twos. And over the course of seven game series, that'll work out for us. Right. And so if Utah can keep him out there, cause they could just go small and say, we're going to play all these guys. And like Ingles is six foot seven and Clarkson six foot seven. And we're just going to, you know, play small with you. Um, if they were to keep him out there and go far, I'd be surprised. But they're also the one seed, so I'm talking about right. being surprised <laughs> the one seed going in the final. You know, that seems silly. Yeah, and their home record is phenomenal: thirty-one and five at home, twenty and fifteen on the road. Um, so that's where maybe home court does come back into it this year, and is is more important. Obviously, last year there was no home court, but uh, it'd be right. interesting to see where that comes around as well. All right, we're out of time. Uh, Parker, tell everybody where they can find you at. I know we told them at the beginning, but uh, go ahead and give us the best rundown where they can find you at. Yeah, so on Wednesday nights, I'm talking basketball all the time. On the Midweek Midrange, that's at Midweek Midrange and all your Twitters and Instagrams. Um, I also do a show with another teacher uh, named Shaka Cummings. It's about grading sports theses. It's out every Monday morning. It's audio only, but it's wherever you get your podcast. That show is called FN Sports. Uh, F, like you get an FN uh, Sports. And then my personal stuff is always on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, find me. I enjoyed talking hoops with people online. Um, so find, <laughs> find me and shoot, shoot your take my way. Tell me why it is a surprise that the number two seed makes the NBA finals. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm a subscriber to FN Sports. Love the podcast. Listen every Monday uh, while I'm at work uh, with my headphones in. And it's a great, great podcast. Great stuff. Me and Shaka, we live about 10 minutes from each other. We've never met in person. Uh, but uh, one of these days, now that things are starting to calm down, we're going to get together and have some pizza and, and uh, get to know each other a bit. But, are, are you the same pizza chef? He's a big time pizza chef now. So my wife is a pizza chef. Ooh, so we've we've okay. had some Twitter battles between my wife's pizzas and Shaka's pizzas. Uh, but uh, we've yet all to right. try each other's pizzas. So uh, I'm just the eater. That's all I do. I just eat them. <laughs> Me but, too. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, Parker, thanks so much for coming on again. We sure enjoyed having you on. And, and uh, let's get to some basketball playoffs. And uh, we got through a whole season. That's pretty amazing. Got through all season, yeah. Let's get to the yeah. playoffs now. Oh, wonderful. All right, Parker Ainsworth, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's Sports Stove podcast. And again, please go visit the podcast notes for the link to Skull Candy, where you can go get yourself a new set of earbuds, headphones, uh, stereo, whatever you'd like there from Skull Candy. Thank you for, again, tuning in uh, to the podcast. We've got some uh, NHL stuff coming up in the coming days, as well as plenty of other sports topics to discuss. So we will do that, uh, in the coming days as well. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating. If you wouldn't mind, we would surely appreciate it. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. <laughs>